Chapter 10, How to Motivate. Let me tell you a quick story about my client, Kathleen. Kathleen was a diet pro. She'd done Weight Watchers, Keto, Paleo, Whole30, Isogenics. I think she even tried going vegan for a little while. After working together for several weeks, she was feeling frustrated. Kathleen, this should be easy by now. Me, tell me more. Kathleen, I've done so many diets. I know what to do. I just don't do it. You'd think that by now I'd get the hang of this. This happens every time. I do well for a few weeks, but then something comes along. You know, I have an early work meeting or my son Kyle has a late basketball game or we go away for a long weekend. And then I get just a little bit out of the routine. I stop planning ahead because I'm tired and I'm always trying to catch up. Pretty soon, three weeks have passed and I'm terrified of stepping on the scale and I'm right back where I started or worse. (sighs) I've just lost my motivation. Ah, motivation. What is this magic elixir you speak of? Merriam-Webster defines motivation as a motivating force, stimulus, or influence. But what exactly is it? And by the way, isn't it frustrating when the definition of the word actually has the word in it? Yeah, I digress. Anyway, sometimes motivation can feel like trying to hold on to water, like it's constantly slipping through the cracks between your fingers. Listen, can we get real for a second? If you're relying on feeling motivated to get you through, that is always going to run out eventually. Motivation is a feeling. And just like any other feeling, like happy or sad or frustrated or relaxed, Feelings come and go. So will motivation. Instead, think ahead to the inevitable times when that feeling of motivation is going to wane. Expect it. What are you going to do when that happens? How can you draw on the strengths you already have to help you through? As Kathleen and I dug a little deeper, I asked her what patterns she noticed when she felt, quote, off track. Me. So you said you know what to do in order to help you get back on track, but you just don't do it. So I'm curious, what gets in the way? Kathleen, well, planning ahead is a lot of work. Me, a lot of work. Okay, let's look at other areas of your life. When your kids were small, was taking care of them a lot of work? Kathleen, yeah, sometimes. Me, what did you do when it got hard? Kathleen, Well, I mean, I just kept going. They needed me. Me. How about in your job? Have there ever been times when it feels hard or you don't feel like going to work that day? Kathleen. I guess, sure, but, you know, you just do it. Me. So there were times when your boys were young that it was hard work to take care of them, yet you chose to do it. It really didn't seem like a choice because caring for your children is part of your identity. It's who you are. Same thing in your profession. There are times when it feels like a lot of work. And yet you don't just skip a day when you feel like it because that's not what you do. It's not part of who you are. Kathleen. Hmm. I see where you're going with this. You see, Kathleen was the same person when she was taking care of her kids as she was when she was trying to diet. The difference was the story she was telling herself about when things got hard. You see, we think that motivation is about feeling excited to take action on the goals that we want for ourselves, but it's not. Motivation is about what we do and how we think when things get 
hard. There are things in life that we do even when we don't feel motivated or excited to do them. We do them because it's just part of our belief system. The person who says, I have to go to the gym today so I look good for my vacation to Hawaii next month, has very different beliefs about themselves than the person that thinks, I go to the gym because I like how it makes me feel. I'm the kind of person who goes to the gym. When it's cold outside and you're tired from staying up late to finish a work project, rocking a bikini next month is not all that compelling. However, if you see exercise as a way to de-stress and feel good, you have a very different motivation for getting out of bed. When things get hard, a mom gets up in the night with her kids because it's part of who she is as a mom. The key moment is when things get tough. Setbacks in your work life or frustrating moments with your kids are normal. They're part of the job. You expect them and you persevere through them. And there will be setbacks in your weight loss journey too. It's normal. Expect them. The question is, what will be your mindset when that happens? What is the action you want to take when unexpected things get in the way of the habits you're trying to establish? What would you need to believe about yourself in order to persevere through those inevitable setbacks? How might you treat stumbles and setbacks in your weight loss journey the same way that you treated the mess on the floor when your kid was potty training? Actually, okay, that might be a bad example because potty training really drove me crazy. Anyway, you get it. How can you use the frustrating thing as evidence that this is part of the process rather than as evidence for why you should quit? Remember, you can level up your identity a little bit at a time. You don't have to jump from planning ahead is hard to I'm the kind of person who makes meal plans every Sunday. Instead, look for little pieces of evidence along the way. Look for evidence like I can plan two nights a week or I'm the kind of person who's willing to think ahead for how I might feel at 3 p.m. and make a plan for that. Or maybe even I'm willing to plan out my snack today and maybe tomorrow too. And of course, give yourself credit for what you've done already and the little ways you're already leveling up. I can say it a hundred times if I have to. Giving yourself the chance to feel good about yourself is the fuel that helps you keep going. Thoughts that destroy motivation. When things get hard, the brain predictably sends up sneaky thoughts that snuff out the fire of motivation and resilience in the face of challenges. Be on alert for them so you can be prepared to handle them. Here are a few examples. Why bother? I'm working so hard, but the scale is not moving. Why do I even bother? Mm. Remember, progress is the fuel that ignites the engine of motivation. So when you're not seeing the progress you want on the scale, that's when motivation begins to wane. However, asking yourself why bother makes you feel like the victim in your own story. Take agency of your circumstances by owning your thoughts. Turn that around to, I know the scale will change at some point, but it won't change if I give up on what I've been doing. Spend time thinking about all the amazing things you're doing for your body, rather than getting upset about what's not happening on your own made-up timeline. When you say yes to one thing, you say no to something else. 
In this case, saying yes to the old way you used to eat, that's saying no to the new benefits you've been enjoying. You can accomplish anything if you just keep going and release your grip on the timeline. Quote, success and failure are on the same road. Success is just farther down that road. Susie Moore. It's understandable to want results faster than it is. But you only hurt yourself when you say, this isn't working. How long have you been doing it? Two weeks? Five months? How long did it take you to gain the weight? Five years? Ten years? Don't give the problem a year and the solution a week. Ask yourself if you're focusing more on the energy of the problem than the energy of the solution. It is unkind to give yourself 10 years to gain the weight and 10 days or even 10 weeks to lose it. You can be generous to yourself and generous to the solution. Give yourself time and space so that you can keep going even when results aren't happening as fast as you'd like. Changing habits is playing the long game. If you want to change your habits, change your thoughts. If you want to change your thoughts, practice new thoughts. If you want to change faster, get in more reps. For example, practice your personal mantras twice a day for 30 days. Practice looking for ways you're disinterested in overeating. Schedule your practice time. Bundle it with something you already do regularly. Practice the thought. Practice looking for things you love about healthy eating or healthy living or even exercise. Plan time to do the thinking. Bundle it in. Get the reps. Write down what you've learned. Keep a log. Keep a learning journal. Write it down some more. Imagine 100 reps. How many days will it take to get in 100 mental reps? 200 reps. Mark that on the calendar to set your mental expectations. When expectations aren't being met, it doesn't mean to quit doing amazing things for yourself. It just means your timeline is a little delayed. Here's another sneaky demotivating thought. This should be easy by now. If you've been at this a while, planning your meals, eating more veggies, exercising on the regular, you might be thinking, I am ready for this process to be my natural way of life without so much effort. That's understandable. We live in a world where we don't have to be patient for much at all. We think that our goal is to get to a place where eventually it'll be easy. I want to not have to think about this so much. Telling yourself that story in your mind ends up making you feel worse when it doesn't start to happen as soon as you would like. Here's what you can expect instead. When you make a change, the mental drama will come up. Expect it. It is okay. It's your brain sending up thoughts because your subconscious mind is a little freaked out by change. This is normal. Nothing has gone wrong. Remember how patterns of thought can be like ski tracks in the snow? The more you practice an old thought, the deeper that groove is in your brain. Comparatively speaking, your new patterns haven't had much opportunity to become your, quote, natural way of life without so much effort. It's still going to take proactive effort for a while to groove in those new tracks in your brain. If you were to take a class in molecular biology or learn a new language, at what point would you expect it to be easy? When exactly do you become fluent in a new language? In the same way, you are learning to train your brain 
in a different way and hone in the practices on new habits of thought. Managing your thoughts and emotions is like becoming fluent in a new language. It takes time and practice. Part of the problem with diets is that they don't allow us to feel good until we've reached the finish line. That's where this feeling of impatience comes from. Diets don't teach you how to be grateful for how you showed up each day, however imperfect it was. Stop and take a moment to look at how far you've come. How many pounds have you lost already? That in itself is a huge win. If you never changed another thing, that is still something to feel very proud of. You are making positive choices during the day that help your body feel healthier than it was. That is a win too. You're probably also drinking more water and getting in some movement. More wins! So before you go feeling like all is lost, give yourself as much credit and as many high fives as possible for the fact that you've taken steps to change your life. For real. Nothing can erase that. Unless you give up. It is in those small moments when it feels hard, you can learn to have a better conversation in your head. Instead of telling yourself, this isn't working, tell yourself, it's okay. This is all just a learning process. I can figure this out. How can you start to allow yourself to feel good today about what you are doing each day, no matter how small? Another sneaky, demotivating thought is, I still have so far to go. Sometimes weight loss can feel really overwhelming, especially if you feel like you're currently pretty far from your goal. When you have a big goal you're trying to achieve, looking at it all at once can be intimidating and frankly, demoralizing. It's like staring up a mountain and thinking, I need to get to the top of that. Remember the analogy of rolling a rock up a hill to overcome activation energy? Whether we're talking about tackling a big work project, hiking a mountain, or losing weight, it can be beneficial to break the goal down into smaller steps and mini milestones. If you were trying to run a marathon, would you start out with a 15-mile run? Hopefully not. You would start out with smaller runs to build up your strength and endurance and take it one week, one day, one mile at a time. So instead of looking at all the weight you want to lose, What if you only focused on the next three pounds? How would that feel in terms of overwhelm versus feasibility? If you have a big goal in front of you, just focus on the next step, the next choice. Quote, nobody trips over mountains. It's the small pebble that causes you to stumble. Pass all the pebbles in your path and you will find you have crossed the mountain. Author unknown. Hacks for kickstarting your motivation. Motivation is all about how you think about your efforts, your progress, and your success. Use these mindsets to help you strengthen your motivation and resilience when life inevitably throws curveballs your way. Keep your tank full. If only I had more willpower, then I could fill in the blank. I really struggle with X because I have no willpower. Why is it that we treat willpower like this magic pill? We never seem to have enough of it, but if we did, then we'd be perfect. We'd be able to resist the temptation, get the workout done, and never be short with our spouse or yell at our kids. (laughs) But here's the thing about willpower. It's like a muscle. It can get stronger if you use it more. 
It can get weaker if you never use it, and it most certainly can get tired and worn out. I like to think of willpower as like a gas tank. Let's say on a normal day, you start the day with a full tank of willpower. All sorts of things draw, quote, gas from your willpower tank. Decisions of any kind draw on your willpower tank. Deciding what to wear in the morning draws on your willpower tank. That's why people like Steve Jobs famously always wore the same thing, so they didn't have to decide. Deciding whether or not to work out, deciding what to eat, deciding what not to eat, all draws on your willpower tank. Deciding whether or not to attend a social event. Frustrations and stress most definitely draw on your willpower tank. Traffic, a concern over your child's grade at school, having a busy day, needing to take the dog to the vet, worrying about anything. All of these things use up willpower. Fatigue uses up willpower as well. Let's say you got one less hour of sleep last night. You're already starting the day with a willpower tank that is three quarters full, or maybe even less. Is it any wonder that we crave sweets and carbs more when we're tired? Many of us start the day out strong with wonderful intentions. The day's going really well until maybe around 3 to 5 p.m. Then it's like we have a completely different brain than the one we woke up with. We negotiate with ourselves later in the day. Then it feels like we can't rein it in and the diet is blown again. It's harder to make good choices when you're tired. It's because your willpower tank is near empty by that time of day. All the little decisions, stresses, and normal activities of life have drained your willpower down to almost nothing so that you don't have the stamina to say no to the chips or cookies or takeout for dinner at the end of the day. So what do you do about it? How do you stack the willpower deck in your favor? Make fewer decisions. Take deciding out of your day wherever you can. For example, plan ahead for what you're going to eat. There are lots of different ways to meal plan. Many folks plan dinner meals for weeknights and leave themselves flexibility on the weekends. Others start the day with a full willpower tank and decide what they'll eat for the rest of the day in the morning. By the way, don't worry, I've got you covered. There's a whole chapter on meal planning later on in the Imperfect Toolbox. Another way to reduce decisions is to plan for an afternoon or late night snack. When you feel tempted in the evening and you know that your willpower is already low, plan ahead for that time. Have a snack ready to go. Plan an activity to keep your mind busy. Do what you can to prepare. When you know that it's not your fault, that it's your willpower is lower, you can prepare for it. Also, decide when you're going to work out. Remove the if and replace it with when. Decide what kind of workout you want to do. Plan for these things when you have a fresh willpower tank. By the way, it also helps to work out earlier in the day when your willpower tank is full, so you're more likely to be able to get up and get over that activation energy to get going. And do little things during the day to relieve stress. Go for a walk. Meditate for one minute. Take three deep breaths. Motivation is all about overcoming resistance to do the thing you want in the long term versus going with what is easy in the moment. Lower the resistance and your motivation increases. Just start. Have you ever listened to a motivational speaker? 
I confess, I love those kinds of talks. I get all fired up and I'm like, yeah, let's storm the castle. However, I also know that about a day and a half after I've been all pumped up from listening to a great motivational speaker, my life gets busy and all those ideas and resolutions for change get buried under the regular detritus of life. The whole premise behind motivational speakers is that feeling leads to action. And it's true. We talked through the STEER model, S-T-E-A-R, of how our thoughts create feelings, which lead to actions, and actions, of course, lead to results. And the opposite is also true. Actions can influence feelings. Sit on the couch for three days straight, and you'll probably feel pretty low. Go for a walk at the end of the day, and you'll probably feel a little better than you did on the car ride home. Actions make us feel. Feelings make us act. The mind-body connection is a two-way street. When you wash a car, how do you hold the hose? You put your finger over the nozzle of the hose to concentrate the water, right? Because concentrating the water pressure makes the hose more powerful. In weight loss, concentrate your action on a small area where you know you can make a difference. You can't always control how motivated you'll feel, but you can control your choice to take tiny actions. Even little actions can change the way you feel and increase your motivation. When you rely on how you feel as the deciding factor of what you do, you'll be a slave to it. Your outcomes will be as unpredictable and unreliable as your feelings, unless, of course, you're proactively choosing your thoughts. Action generates more action. Don't wait to expect to want to take action by waiting for motivation to strike. Create a position of strength by making a tiny habit which does not require much willpower. A tiny action is a powerful way to get you rolling toward feeling motivated. Have you ever felt tired after work, but when you mustered the energy to go for a walk, you felt better afterwards? It's a funny contradiction that we feel, quote, too tired to walk, but walking makes us feel more energetic. Sometimes starting with an action before you feel like it can help your mind and heart feel more motivated to do it. Strive for imperfection. When motivation is on the fritz, lower your expectations of yourself. Don't try to be perfect. Try to be imperfect. Try using the sentence, can I just X, Y, Z? For example, can I just have a side salad with my pizza? Can I just have two handfuls of candy instead of four? Can I just split the ice cream with my partner instead of having the whole serving? Can I just maybe leave a little bit of wine in the glass and not finish it? The sentence, can I just, helps you remember that even a little positive choice is a vote for yourself. It's a vote for saying, yeah, I can do hard things. Little by little, can I just do X? Begins to change your mindset around those little and sometimes bigger things that you can do for yourself. It begins to build up evidence to prove to your brain that you are worth it. The most powerful three-letter word. One word can be the difference you need today. Just three letters. Yet. Y-E-T. 
What does it feel like to tell yourself, this isn't working versus this isn't working yet? You're doing the work. You're showing up for yourself consistently. Now, all you need is practice. It isn't working yet. Keep going. Make it mean something. In 1666, more than half of London burned to the ground in the Great Fire of London. The city was in shambles. King Charles II commissioned architect Sir Christopher Wren to rebuild the city, and including the famous St. Paul's Cathedral. By the way, coincidentally, Sir Christopher Wren also built the famous Wren Building at my alma mater, the College of William & Mary, but I digress. Anywho, one day in 1671, Sir Christopher oversaw the rebuilding of St. Paul's Cathedral, and he saw three bricklayers on a scaffold. As the first one crouched down, he asked the man, what are you doing? The bricklayer replied, oi, I'm a bricklayer. I'm a cutting some stones for a certain shape to support this here wall. What do you think of my accent? Not bad, eh? Anywho, the second bricklayer was half standing, kind of working at his task. And Sir Christopher Wren asked, what are you doing? And he replied, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall to support my family. Sir Christopher nodded. He knew it was admirable to work to support one's family. But then his eye was caught by the third bricklayer who stood proud and tall. This man clearly had a purpose. Sir Christopher asked this man, what are you doing, sir? And the man replied reverently, I'm a cathedral builder. I'm helping Sir Christopher Wren build the great St. Paul's Cathedral to the Almighty. These three men were building the same wall, doing the same work, with three very different perspectives. It's a good lesson. The attitude we bring to the task at hand makes all the difference. The meaning and purpose we attach to the work and challenges we endure can be the difference between a passing effort easily forgotten and the kind of work that leaves legacies. How long have you struggled with your weight? So many of us have been battling our weight and body image for years, maybe even a lifetime. Because of that, many of us have a story in our brains that says, I can't lose weight, or losing weight is always a struggle for me, or why is this so freaking hard? Those stories feel really true. They make sense. And yet that story does not serve you. Frankly, you deserve a better story in your brain one with meaning. How can you look at your struggle as a gift? I know, I know, bear with me for a second. What if you could make your struggle with weight mean something powerful and deeply beautiful and meaningful to you? For example, because I've struggled with my weight, I will know how to help my daughter if and when she ever has similar issues. I'll be better prepared to be what she needs when she needs me. Or maybe this, because I've struggled with my weight for so long, figuring this out will blow my mind of what I believe I am capable of. It will shift my identity around what I believe I can do. I wonder what else it will empower me to achieve. Or maybe, because I've struggled with my weight, I can use this as an opportunity to have more compassion and empathy with others who are struggling with things that I don't struggle with. Just because our challenges are not exactly the same, the experience of struggle is the same. I can be a good friend or a resource or support to someone else who's suffering. 
How can you tell yourself a better story about your struggle? How is the challenge of it making you stronger, more compassionate, more prepared to help someone else, more of who you want to be in the world? We don't admire perfect people. By the way, perfection, still not a thing. We admire people who have gone through something, struggled and been imperfect and found something within themselves to be resilient and stronger than the challenges they faced. How can you make your journey mean something more to you? Quote, nothing splendid has ever been achieved except by those who dared believe that something inside them was superior to the circumstances. Bruce Barton. A visit from your future. Everyone gets discouraged sometimes. We feel tired and wonder if we'll ever reach our goals. Not every day is going to be perfect. Everyone needs a pick-me-up from time to time. And not all of us have a cheerleader or a coach on the sidelines helping us remember how amazing we are. By the way, you are amazing. When you find yourself feeling down, give this visualization a try. Imagine it's five years from now. You've lost the weight. You've been living at your comfortable weight for quite some time now. You have a positive relationship with food and you actively appreciate your body for the amazing miracle it is. Future you has been where you are now. They've navigated their way through it. Future you is wise and patient and encouraging. What would your future self say to you as encouragement to help you regain perspective when current you steps on the scale and feels discouraged? If future you were to put their arm around your shoulders and tell you exactly what you need to hear in this moment, what would they say? Success is like bamboo. It can be so easy to get discouraged when you're not seeing the results you're hoping for. Even though you may intellectually know that plateaus and stalls and ups and downs are normal, it's still easy to get discouraged sometimes. When your motivation is low, think of Chinese bamboo. The bamboo tree, like any plant, takes water and time for it to grow. But after the first year, there are no shoots to be seen. The roots are creating their foundation underground. In fact, bamboo shoots hardly come up at all for five years. Imagine how a gardener might feel after five years of tending and nurturing a garden with no real visible growth to show for it. All that time, the bamboo tree is growing its foundational system of roots that will support it once it grows. Then something amazing happens. When the shoots do appear above the ground, they grow up to 80 feet in just six weeks. Success can be like that sometimes. It can feel like you're not seeing any results when in fact the work you're doing is having important foundational effects on your mindset and your habits. So give yourself some credit and patience to build your foundation for solid growth. Exercise motivation. Change the way you think about it. A lot of times clients will tell me, I need to exercise more. When I force myself to actually do it, I always feel better afterwards. It's just getting myself to do it that's the hard part. How do I remember that I like exercise when I don't want to do it? We often think that we don't like exercise because it's hard. Sometimes we use exercise to make up for overeating. And when you're punishing yourself for something, it's no wonder you don't like it. 
Exercise doesn't have to be painful, and it should never be a punishment. Exercise doesn't even have to be hard for it to be useful. Please hear me when I tell you this. The journey needs to be enjoyable, otherwise you won't like living at the destination. What we focus on expands in our awareness. If you focus on, I should exercise, but I don't like it, then the only thing you'll think about is the pain and dread of exercise. Imagine an old-fashioned set of scales. On one side is what you want in the moment, like stay in bed or relax in front of the TV. On the other side is what you want long-term, like a healthy body or feeling confident. The goal is to give more positive emotional weight to the side of the scale you want long-term rather than what you want in the moment. The trick is to teach your brain to want to exercise and to like it rather than only focusing on the result. You've got to learn to love the process if you want to be able to enjoy the result. Since you can choose where to focus your attention, you can look for what's fun about exercising or focus on the good feeling that you like experiencing when you're finished. Focus on what you love about the habits you're trying to adopt and what you don't love about the habits you're trying to drop. With exercise, the more you consciously proactively think about how good you'll feel when you exercise, the more your brain will associate good feelings with it. Here are some ideas. I'll feel so good after XYZ. Even five minutes counts. I'm lapping everyone on the couch. Even though it can be hard to get started, I actually really do feel better when I move. At the end of the day, the best exercise for weight loss is the one you'll keep doing because you like it. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to look into ways of moving your body that you don't normally consider exercise. For example, dancing, gardening, walking the dog, standing up and sitting back down again, playing with your kids. There are all kinds of ways to move your body that you don't normally associate with the pain of cardio or intense exercise. What is one way to move your body that you could commit to doing consistently? Walk to the mailbox? Dance in the shower? Stretch before bed? It doesn't have to be huge, but you do have to proactively look for what you enjoy about it. Once you have something that you can genuinely find you enjoy about moving your body, here are some ideas for how to cultivate the feeling of liking exercise. One, create space or time in your day to proactively get quiet and think. Doesn't have to be a long time, just two minutes is plenty. Two, think about your last workout or movement of what your body did and how you felt afterwards. Three, really bring that feeling into your body right now in this moment. Feel that uplifted feeling again. Four, smile, appreciate your body for what it can do. And five, before bed, Briefly try and think about that again so that you're telling your mind what to remember while you're sleeping. Conscious, proactive thought work is an important part of the process. View exercise as a gift. When I played soccer in college, my least favorite conditioning was running. If someone was telling me to run, I resented it. After college, I began to put on weight because I was sitting at a desk most of the day and not getting much exercise. I felt like I should go for a run rather than actually wanting to. Then a few years later, I hit a rough patch emotionally. 
my husband was deployed from military orders and we had two small kiddos and I worked a full-time job. We were in the middle of a very busy season at work. I would get up early and work. I'd make the kids breakfast and get them off to school and come home and work. After school, I'd feed them, do some mommy stuff, put them to bed, and then I'd work some more. This was not a happy time. I began to go for short runs as a break from work. (laughs) I would listen to the cheesiest young adult books about wizards or magical beings or werewolves while I ran. By the way, I can recommend a few if you're interested. I allowed myself to run as slow as I wanted. I could stop whenever I felt like it. And each time I laced up my shoes, I told myself, I'm going running because I want to, not because someone is telling me to. I didn't run far and I didn't run fast, but it became a source of refuge for me and a release. I felt grateful for my legs that they could carry me. Grateful for the sky that it was so much bigger and more open than my office. Grateful for the birds that cheered me on as I ran. I felt just grateful for the opportunity to stop and walk anytime I wanted to. My runs became a gift I could give myself. What if you were to shift your perspective on exercise away from viewing it as a punishment and towards viewing it as a gift to yourself? For example, I get to do this Zumba class because it's fun. It's a stress reliever and I like the way it feels to move my body. This is my gift to myself. Sometimes it helps to pair up exercise with something else you already enjoy. For example, you could listen to a great book while you walk or Netflix while you exercise. By coupling something you enjoy, the book, music, or Netflix, with something you feel like you should do, the exercise, you're associating a good feeling with the movement. What ways might you view exercise, by the way, any kind that you like, as a gift to yourself?